0: Welcome to The Positive Effect. My name's April Sobral, and I am the founder of RetailU.ca and the author of The Positive Effect, a retail leader's guide to changing the world. I've had an amazing 25 year career in retail where I've traveled across the globe. I have worked and inspired thousands of leaders. And in this weekly podcast, I bring to you my retail friends and network conversations that will inspire you and encourage you to further your career in retail or beyond. We talk about leadership lessons learned and tips and tricks that can help you be a successful leader. So get ready to be inspired and if you're looking for more leadership development, sign up at for university ca and i'll see you on a live call soon all right we're live it's wednesday my name is april tabral it's the positive effect i'm back with the live weekly broadcast and i'm really excited today because i've Twisted up the show a little bit. We've got somebody <laughs> really interesting on the show, not our traditional kind of uh, retail leader. So I'm really excited to have you on, Garth, today. So thank you so much for joining us, first of all.
1: Thank you for having me. I, I definitely was looking forward to this. I think it's it's a good thing that you do, it. and so it's awesome that we have the platform to share a lot of this information.
0: Yeah. So before we get started and jump into your journey, and you know, I've got a ton of questions that I want to <laughs> ask you today, and like pull out of your brain. Um, I just want to get us set up. So if you haven't been with us before, put your name in the chat, tell us where you're coming from. Um, We love that because we can go back and have a look at it afterwards. And then make sure you share this. I'm going to keep saying this. I'm going to say at the end of the show as well, share this, tag somebody in your retail network or beyond your retail network that wants to learn about leadership and their career development. And also if you're coming back. Thank you for coming back and, and we welcome you back and just share any sins, insights that you gain as as you go through and listen to this because we'd love to to you know know what you're learning from these conversations and that we can make comments afterwards. We'll go back and have a read afterwards because these conversations are golden. I wish that I had these conversations and these kind of um resources when i was growing up through retail we were talking about that a little bit just before we got yeah. on the show, right yeah so, um but before we jump into your story like just introduce yourself like who are you i found you on instagram <laughs> which is really awesome so
1: yeah um so i my name is god forza um i originally started off in retail with uh some leadership in retail i think you know based on on stuff i wanted to change certain things um, it has taken me from being of service in one area into another area. So now I do the leadership chronicles and leadership coaching, uh, trying to help to lead us to build a culture where they are in terms of culture for success. So that's, that's part of what I do right now. I've done a lot of other things. Um, we'll talk more about that, I think a little bit later on, yeah. uh, but one of my main things right now, uh, I'm the founder of the DMN project, which to me is also a leadership role. Uh, I do leadership workshops and coaching and I'm training developments for a company where we recruit people and help them to remain in a job mostly retail um, so that they have a better working dynamic and be able to have a little bit more longevity.
0: Oh that's amazing anybody that's supporting retail leaders I just like applaud because it's a very challenging career especially right now with what we're living through and I mean Mm -hmm. I was touring some stores last couple of weeks and it's a real challenge so you know You said you just alluded a little bit to you started off in retail, so I want to pull that out of you a little bit so that we can get an understanding of you know how you got into retail, how did that start, and then how did yeah, how did you get into it, and then you know what did it teach you because retail is an amazing um opportunity to learn so many things, and I and I love hearing people's story of how they got into it. Mm -hmm. First of all, was it accidental, was it intentional? You know, my friend Ron Thurston wrote a book about that, (laughs) And, uh, and then like, yeah, like tell us about that journey.
1: Um, initially, and it's funny because when it came to retail, I stumbled upon retail management, um, because I, there was this place I would go to often, um, and customer service, there was, was not that, I guess it wasn't that good. Uh, I think too, I saw from observation. I saw in terms of the way how the teams were in terms of how the culture was. And I was like, you know what, I already come to the store a lot. And, you know, maybe I should try to see if there's any openings in terms of leadership and funny enough, try to change certain things in a positive way. Um, So that's why when people ask me about retail, I I went into retail to be of service without even knowing that I was going to be of service because I just wanted to make sure that the culture was good. And people, you know, we spend so much time at jobs. Why not enjoy what you do? If you spend most of the time there so that was retail for me i I jumped in there but that took me to other retail jobs which really helped me and developed me to become a leader um and and not just be have the title as a manager but mainly a leader who would help to take the team to where they need to go be part of the team as well you know and and kind of get them to understand what the end goal would be like
0: Mm. so who did you work for just out of interest
1: Uh, i started off with finish line
0: okay then
1: i actually Target opened up a couple stores in upstate New York, and it really um, it was really awesome to join that team as well because they found me at Finish Line.
0: Okay. And
1: Because what happened, they came in earlier, they saw the culture when they came in before that. When I, when they saw me there as a leader, they actually liked how the culture was, um, but it was mainly the team. The, te- the effect was mainly from the team. Uh, so when they saw that, they asked me if I wanted to do that. They would just open up a couple stores in Poughkeepsie, upstate New York, um, and I actually took the opportunity to go with them and then do a couple of departments like lead departments. So it was good. And then I transferred from there to Atlanta, which I actually still stuck with Target um, and did some more leadership there.
0: So what did you learn um, during that time that kind of helped you to where you are today? Because there's so many things that we learn and lessons that we that we take along with us from different leaders we've worked for or different organizations. So what did you learn in that time?
1: Um. You know, funny enough, I learned what good leadership looks like and what bad leadership looks like. Uh, and, and the reason why I said that is because in one place, you know, leadership was 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 management. And then and I would say when I got to Target, it was really, really, really different. Um, I felt like I was equipped with the tools I needed to become a better leader. I felt like there was so much stuff I was learning from my leader as well. And I wanted to teach out the ones that, you know, who I had on my team. Um, I learned the importance of teamwork. And I learned the importance of not just being a manager or living on the title of management but being part of the team and, and and really trying to help encourage and empower them to make decisions on their own as well to for the success of the company.
0: How do you do that? you know that's such a good point. It's like I um, working with leaders now and you know with the retail you courses and we're trying to teach people how to empower other people and develop them and it's something that you know organizations talk a lot about right like we yeah. want to develop leaders and and you're working with organizations now i'm going to get into that later on in the leadership chronicles but how how do you develop how do you go us, and like you go into a team how do you develop that
1: you know I, I think one of the things that we've been missing for a long time is the why behind stuff you know we, we try to to tell people what where when, but we hardly tell them the why behind it. So my my job is to come in there, get everyone on the same page, and let them know the why behind it. Let them know also that they, they each have an important role to play, which I think helps them to feel as though that's, how, that was, that's what normally empowers them initially. Because then they always feel like, okay, well, you know, we sometimes feel replaceable. We sometimes feel like... And and, if, and people have said that to them. Um, so when you get into a team that has been a little bit despondent on, what, on trying to strive towards success, you try to empower them by making them understand that they're all a part of the puzzle um, and also trying to educate them as well as empower them because you want them to know the why behind why we're doing these things instead of just go do that. So I always talk about delegation. There's a lot of delegation happening in in, in management, but in leadership, there's not just delegation, there's more discussions.
0: Yeah, 100%. I was having a conversation with the leader last week and um, it was an assistant manager who told me, you know, my manager just tells me to do things. Exactly, yeah. Didn't teach me how to do things. And I was like, oh, that kills me because then, you know, if your manager leaves and you're in that situation, what do you do? What do you do?
1: Exactly. So that's where the why comes in because you want to know the why. What is the the why behind this? Because then you might have a good suggestion of how to get to the end product. And I may not even think about it. Even as your leader, I may not think about it. And That's why I said there's a little bit more discussion and and less delegation, especially when it comes to teams because it's all about the team. It's all about getting them to understand why are we striving so hard to be the best in customer service? Why are we striving so hard to make sure that when the customer comes in, they leave with such a good impression that they want to come back and they want to tell people, hey, you should go to that store you know, or that retail out there because they have such good customer service, which is something that lately, you know. We definitely need to work on.
0: Yeah, we need to work on now more than ever. Um, I can say that. I think it's tough just because of staffing and all kinds of mm-hmm. things going mm-hmm. on, and social distancing, and everything that's been happening, and and recruitment, and yeah, it's been it's been a tough ride. When you think about um, that part of your career and where you are now, because now you're you said you're doing leadership coaching and working with teams and career, um, yes. and I love that you're helping leaders in retail. But like, was there anybody that? taught you, I mean, I always ask this question, but like, who was there anybody that taught you a pivotal lesson that you could share with us that everybody else could learn from? I mean, I was interviewed on a podcast the other day, it came out yesterday, and they asked Mm -hmm. me about the million dollar chocolate bar story because I have this million dollar chocolate bar story about Mm -hmm. a boss that worked with me, that raised the goal, something that I thought I could not achieve to a goal, and then I surpassed it. Um, And there's a million, it's a million dollar sales, but there's a chocolate bar involved. So why do you share that story? It's in the book. It's, it's the podcast that was on yesterday. We talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. But like, is there any significant pieces of advice or things that you've learned from leaders along the way that you can share?
1: Um, again, I would go back to the leadership I had at Target. I think, you know, the leader I had, she equipped me with the tools that I needed. Uh, She was actually the one that told me about, you know, trying to make sure that when you get to the team, explain to them the why. So the why would still be my main thing. Um, I do that even up to today. I mentor different people in different environments, not just in retail. But it's the same thing. You know, it's like once we figure out what the why is, then we have a clear idea of what the goal is and how to get to the goal. So that was the biggest thing for me. And I've kept that with me because, like I said, she was one of those people that um, included me in a lot of decision making. She also empowered me and educated me a lot. Um, and and gave me the tools that I would have needed to get the job done, whereas sometimes when we just delegate stuff easily, it's easy to just lose focus. And then, like you said, if if the manager's not there, the leader's not there, what decision are you going to make if it is you don't really know what it is you're supposed to do?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wish that more managers would ask their teams, like, what would you do if I wasn't here? Mm. And have a discussion about how they would approach things versus just telling You know, like that's why in my book I talk about the third pillar being teach, like Mm -hmm. see yourself as a teacher and a coach. But then you kind of have to be selfless because it's not about you. It's about everybody else. And that takes a little bit more effort. Right. And I think sometimes managers are so busy with so many to do's that that effort kind of lacks because they just think Mm -hmm. I'll get done faster if I do it myself. But then what are you actually doing long term? Yeah, Yeah.
1: I think one of the things that we touch on, too, when we go into the groups and talk to the leaders, um, it's to identify talent, like the same way that you identify people when you're hiring them for a job. Identify the talent that you have around you, because the people that are around you, you may never know what their skill set is. You may just, you know, you can't just look at them and they're just, oh, this is part of my team. What's their skill set? What are they good at? And then empower them with that. Because once you empower somebody who's good at something and then you build up that confidence, you don't have to be there. And then, you know, you mentioned something earlier, which I... I spoke to somebody last week about, you know, um, he was like, there's so many things to do. And I think that's where the patience we're trying to teach people, you know, or the lack of patience comes in because then now they're like, there's so many things I need to do. And I said, well, have you identified anybody in your team that could pick up on some of this stuff and have you empowered or educated them on how to do it? And he was like, I never thought about that. I said, well, that would make your job a lot easier you know
0: it's it's interesting it's like you assume this manager title and you think you have to do it all
1: oh yeah and
0: i learned that in my career <laughs> and even you know and then even now i'll sit down i'll have this list of things and i'll be like okay who around me exactly can help yeah. me do this and then maybe have an experience whether they're growing a certain skill that maybe mm-hmm. they didn't have before because otherwise i'm hindering them from growing it's a it's a huge point so if you're a manager watching this um and you have a team Think about that. Think about like what you have to do this month, which is starting in September. It's a fresh month. What you want to achieve by the end of the month and think about like that list. And then who around you can you actually delegate to, but not just go do it. Like have a plan.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, I'll- you mentioned something um, in the last couple of episodes. I think you mentioned it a lot actually. that great people follow great people. I think once you have those people around you and you actually empower them enough to make certain decisions, they would be a lot um, more inclined to follow you when you give their directions that they may not really, really, really believe in too much at that point. Um, but that, that helps with that, too. And one of the other things that I always stress to leaders in retail and outside of retail is to create other leaders. Create other leaders that you have within your group because there are leaders there. A lot of people come into a job and everybody wants career advancement. So that means that everybody who's willing to learn how to become you you
0: know. Oh, yeah. I said that yesterday on on the other podcast. I said, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I w- we were talking about like people show up to work to get a paycheck, right? Right. They show up to advance their own personal life. It's like, I want to take my family on vacation. Mm-hmm. Therefore, <laughs> I need to earn more money, which means I need to progress in my career. Nobody shows up to work and says, I want to make this company profitable, part-time employees, let's say, or even managers. Right. Yeah. Not, unless they're the owner or you're at a top level. Right. You're not you're not going to show up every day. And like, I want to make this company profitable. You know, like, no, I want to earn more money because I want to advance my family. I want to advance my life. Leaders yeah. really need to understand that when they have a team working for them, because if you don't actually understand that and think about people holistically in their life and help them get there, they're going to go somewhere else.
1: Yeah, that's especially easy. now, especially now where you have the climate is one where there's a lot more empathy that's needed. Um, you have to really have discussions with people and sometimes separate discussions. It can be cookie cutter where we just say everybody's the same thing. Uh, we'd really have to identify them as individuals at times as well. I, I'm not saying don't have the group huddle, you know, because I used to like the group huddle,
0: oh, yeah, um, me too.
1: <laughs> you know, but, but I'm saying like, you know, you also have to understand that one size doesn't fit all, especially in this type of climate, there are people dealing with a lot of things on the outside. Um, and in order for you to be successful as a leader, as a team and as a company, you have to be able to address some of these things and listen, you know, leaders listen, you have to be able to listen to what they're saying And then be able to try to see if there's a way that you all could figure it out together if not you know but a lot a lot of it now is there's a a lot more empathy that's needed especially Mm -hmm. now in this climate because people are doing a lot of things outside of the job
0: yeah i was going to ask you that because you're now working obviously you've left retail and you you know you're working with leaders and coaching and development Mm -hmm. um tell us more about the leadership chronicles and then tell us what you're seeing when you're working with leaders today
1: um, so a little bit of uh, background on Leadership Chronicles itself. It came up because a lot of times I would be in a position uh, and, and being in retail for a long time, like it taught me a lot about leadership and teamwork. Those two things definitely taught me that. So when you get into a different forum where you see other leaders coming in, especially new leaders. So leader chron- leaders, Leadership Chronicles is actually aimed towards new leaders as well as experienced leaders to try to help them to understand the role of a leader and not just the title of a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, what I saw and what made me, again, I'm trying to be a service from the beginning of this thing to even up to now is I saw them making a lot of mistakes that I think if we had a discussion about it and they saw it from a different perspective, it would help them to have a little bit more success as a manager and they would stay longer. You know, they would stay long in that job and it would stay longer in whatever position that they're in and look to grow, as you said, because everybody wants to, you know, make their life better. So that mm-hmm. would be such a good position. Um, so we, we've created something where we go about helping them to change the culture into what they want it to be like. Um, even if you when you came there, maybe you disrupted a little bit because sometimes that's needed
0: Yeah. But to try to help
1: them to see the, the benefits of being a leader, um, the benefits of empowering others, the benefits of leading by example, you know, getting in the trenches every once in a while and not just telling somebody what to go do. Um, but I've seen a, a shift in it, especially people that we we work with, because now they have a different perspective on leadership and they don't just say, Well, okay, well, I am the manager. You know, I I went into a, a place one time and the guy said, Nobody knows I'm the manager here. I'm like, Really? I was like, No. You know, they don't even know I'm the manager here. They just feel like we're just one big team working. Right. I'm like, Well, that's that's what you want. Yeah. You know, you don't want to just walk around with someone that says that you're the manager. You want to actually make sure that the team is successful because at the end of the day, it's all about the team and the team will bring you to the finish line.
0: And you know what? That's what I love about One Voice, One Team, the nonprofit organization that we're working mm-hmm. with. We launched um, an internship opportunity for retailers to sponsor youth going through their leadership program, right. and the you program because You don't learn this stuff in school. (laughs) I wish that when I was in school that somebody- It seems like a lot of trial and error. You know, like being part of the John Maxwell coaching team, there is um, parents that are taking their kids Mm -hmm. through the John Maxwell coaching program to uh, one of the seminars. And there was a whole ton of teenagers there. And there's a youth program. I was like, oh, this is so good. But why aren't we teaching this in schools? It's- doesn't make sense but i love what they're doing and that's why we we're, we're doing that because we want to teach them now and give them those skills now so that they can continue to progress yes. in terms of today though the challenges that you see today compared mm-hmm. to pre covid you know pre everything else that happened last year in in the states we live in the states um what what is like i mean i would say is it more challenging now in terms of diversity and inclusion and like that whole thing that's come into the business? Because I can tell you that in my 25 years of retail leadership, I'd never had training on that in any company that i would worked in.
1: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Because we've never had to deal with, with this type of situation if you want to right. see that, better. Right? Um, right. But to answer the question, I think there's a lot more patience that's needed because of the fact that now, like I said, there's so many different external things that affect the, the internal inside the company um, and the leaders are now the main catalyst for what's successful or what's not so now you have the leaders with a lot of pressure on them to perform for the business but also to help the team while you're in the business so what that's why I started to do the, um, the leadership practice with young leaders because I feel as though I, I want them to understand the benefits of becoming a leader because it's not just at work you can be a leader in a, a bunch of different areas. I mean, I've I've done I branched out from retail into different things because I had leadership qualities. Yes, but I was it was also refined as I went by by learning from other people, learning from example, and like you said, nobody teaches you this. So to create something to teach them at least to give them some type of insight is what the idea was, and to be of service to them as well. But I think the most difficult part is that there's so much to do as a leader. And once we continue to think it's all on us to do it as, as leaders, it becomes overwhelming. And when it becomes overwhelming, who are you going to talk to? You know, yeah. so that, that's the biggest challenge right now. I think it just it has become very overwhelming for them. And this is why stuff like this, like what you're doing, um, is important because it gives them a different perspective. I think mean, that's the main thing. The main thing is you want to give them a different perspective on it.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. I mean. You know, there's so much work to be done. It's funny because I say, you know, people ask me, I just asked you that question, what's different now than what mm-hmm. was. It's the same stuff. It's the same kind of stuff. It's more about being more patient patience. or empathy. But if I think back to like what worked 10 years ago, it was patience and empathy. It was the same skills, I think. But um, I just guess now it, there's more transparency, or mm-hmm. more. Um, like a spotlight on it because there's more focus on
1: it now yes because because now people have alternative like they have a lot of options to do different things so if you want to really hold on to the team and especially when it's a good team like you know one thing i I dislike seeing is people who are good people or talented people on a team leave a team to go somewhere else that's something i dislike i think it, it means that there was something that was not discussed and there was something that we didn't get a chance to deal with um, because I, I, you would want anybody on your team to feel as though this is an opportunity for you to grow, you know, so you're right. It, it has been there from before and it's been the basics, basics. but how often do we overlook the basics?
0: I know, it just, it sounds like common sense, but I mean, I was <laughs> having a conversation with my dad in the car the other day and he was like, you know, I feel like I keep repeating the same cycle. Like people start mm-hmm. talk to me at the beginning of, a, and then down the line in the relationship, the, the conversations start getting less and I'm like, well, why do you think that is? And he's like, I don't know. I said, well, are you listening? Because usually people stop talking when somebody's not listening to them, right? Mm-hmm. I always, there's a really good quote around that. Like, if you have a team that's not talking to you and not challenging you and they're stopping talking, don't think it's because they agree with you. It's mm-hmm. because you're not listening to them. So they don't feel heard. And, yeah. and feeling heard is the number one thing that people, all of us want innately. Mm-hmm. We all want to be heard. We all want to be valued um so you know for leaders now I think you have to really have this ear and you have to kind of almost I don't know I have this thing that when I walk into a room I can kind of see what's not being said in the room Mm -hmm. by paying attention to people's body languages and cues and I can be like yeah that person's not okay the leader's like oh I had this great conversation we have touch base we had a meeting it's all good and then the other people in the room walk away and I'm like yeah no that didn't go how you thought it went right like like, you've got to really be able to listen. Um, so I say that that's, that's
1: why I mentioned earlier that leaders listen, especially now, you know, you have to listen, you know, and, and again, you rely on the team to bring you to that client. So if it is you're going to rely on the team, you definitely have to pay attention and you have to listen to exactly what's happening there. Because sometimes, you know, we get so caught up in different things that we miss those things. And then it's only when it comes to the end that we're like, oh, well, I didn't even know. Or somebody yeah. else tells you, hey, you know, so-and-so was happening. Like, really? I didn't even know about it. So...
0: Yeah, it's like yeah. I, I always used to walk in stores, and people in stores would tell me a lot because mm-hmm. I listened, asked questions, got really good at asking questions. And then you know, I talk to the leader of the leader of that region, or whatever, and they right. be like, "You know all that stuff? I work with these people every day." I'm like, yeah. well, "You're not, you're not listening. Oh, you're not asking really good questions." I really truly believe that as a leader, you have to learn how to ask questions, and you have yes. to have this list of questions in your toolkit. That you can ask and probing questions like, "Tell me more about that. Tell me what you learned from that. You know, yeah. tell me do what, do what do you do think. What do you think? Yeah. You no. Know? So yeah, is there any good questions that that you use that you you know can leave us with some golden goth worth on?
1: You know, I, I i always I always think one of the things, and and I want to go back a little bit quickly to what you said yeah. just now about coming because I used to have to visit different locations, on and in the fitness industry, um, right. and I also had somebody that would visit my locations that I was I was overseeing. And the thing is that when they come there, you know, you, a lot of feedback that you get from them, for me, was good because we understood what the culture was at the club and we understood what was needed. And when they go to other places, they get so much feedback from people that work there because they feel now there's somebody else, like an outlet to talk to. Um, I think that's one of the things that I took from there too and I tried to make sure that people understand that, that you want somebody to visit what where you are and you also want them to leave there saying, okay, they're good. You know they're good because there's always things you can work on but you want them to leave then if somebody comes to you a lot to tell you things that are going on inside of a place it means that they're looking for an outlet and right. you're not that outlet mm-hmm. um what, what would be the other thing i would say is that you know questions i ask when i go into places i always ask people hey what's the best part of this job like what's the best part you know and and some people have one answer some people have a couple mm-hmm. answers but you know when people have an answer and you sense the passion in, in their answer then you know if somebody really enjoys working here, which means that person and maybe somebody has more relationship with the leader or the manager. Um, that person is a little bit more open, more vocal about stuff. And he's he or she's being heard as well because the leader is listening to them. Uh, so that's one of my meaning When I walk in, I observe the culture a lot. I normally go to a place and I walk in and I try it out first as a guest. Right. Um, to kind of love- get a- Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: I love that question. What's the best thing you love
1: about work? Yeah, I mean, because you, you're there every day. If you don't have anything nice about where, where you work or you don't have anything that you love about what you do, then there's a disconnect, you know, and then that's I mean, the middle I think, of it.
0: I think, like, if I was a, a district supervisor, a regional director or whoever, like an executive and a retailer right now, I think I would think about that question really deeply because it just, it assesses culture, it assesses exactly what that leader is doing as opposed to walking in and normally saying so how are your sales results you know what are the customers and, and that's that's one thing that, on?
1: that's one thing that i also had imagine that when he uh, came in he never asked about that kind of stuff that stuff was the office conversation you know he he would ask more or less like just about people and i think once you have the connection between leadership management and people you have a better culture because then there's a connection there people are willing to do more stuff for you you know and, and once they believe in you as a leader then that's that's a good start to get in, to be successful as a company
0: yeah and the results are going to come because the results yeah. are the outcome right of yeah. everything that happens so oh i love <laughs> this conversation it's so good i'm learning so much from you today it's great um tell us about your book
1: uh so which one so we oh, have you've yeah. a few
0: books i know i've seen the book evolve that's the book i right. have
1: so, yeah, we've had the journey continues to evolve, which is more or less um, just to kind of have relatable writing and reading for people uh, going on their own journey through life. You know, because every time we always think that we're the only ones going through stuff. So it's something that I um, I wanted to share with people so that they understood they were not by themselves. Um, as for the Leadership Chronicles, so the Leadership Chronicles book is actually completed and has to be published soon. So you are the first person that's on here that's actually hearing about it. Um Again, it came from, it really originated from the fact that I felt we were not giving young leaders and new leaders a chance. Um, We were not given a chance. We were not giving them a guide. And we were expecting them to to accomplish so much. And I was like, how are we expecting all these things from them when we have not even empowered them, educated them, enlightened them? We haven't done any one three E's, right? So I was like, how could I be of service to them? And that's how the book came up, because I started making a lot of notes. I started make, having conversations with other leaders trying to see, well, pick their brain, like what works for you? And not just what works, but what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So the Leadership Chronicles is, is mainly a guide for young leaders um, and experienced leaders, but mainly young leaders. I think because we've, we've overlooked them thinking that they will just get the job done, but we're not trying to really equip them enough. And I think I was fortunate enough, and I know you most of would have been fortunate enough to have the tools from the leaders that you've had. Yes. So why not just give them a fighting chance?
0: Oh, I love that. I can't wait for it to come out. I'm going to I'm going to grab it and I'm going to be sharing it with young leaders because I work with a lot of young leaders, too. So yeah. that's super exciting. Good for you. And I love that you're taking all of this knowledge and this experience and pouring it into that generation. That's a share. And you know what? Because at the end of the day, we're going to, you know, like they're going to be, you know, leading businesses in the future. They're going to be making decisions, shaping the world that we live in and we need to help them as much as possible. So exactly, I love young yeah. leaders. It's so inspiring. And I think that they're, you know, I have a 23 year old daughter and I think that people underestimate that generation hugely mm-hmm. um, and kind of be like, Oh, they, you know, they don't want to work and this and that. And what I've learned, especially on the 17 year olds, cause I have a 17 year old son too and mm-hmm. working with one voice, one team and working with Sherry and, and the team there on their leadership mm-hmm. program with Arden as a sponsor, I've learned that, it's just confidence in a lot of them it's not it um, it's not that they don't want to do it it's just that they've grown up in this world where their confidence gets knocked and they just retreat so it, it's not really that they don't want to do it it's really building confidence which you know social media all that stuff coming at you all day we didn't have that right yeah i
1: didn't
0: have that when i was growing up so
1: yeah. yeah i think that's that's a main key to the confidence that they have but again you know it's our responsibility uh, as, as leaders to yeah. share, you know, and to empower other people to become leaders. Because, you know, we, we sometimes you know, you hear the, the thing about sometimes people say leaders are not born, they're made. Some people say leaders are made, not born. Um, I just feel like that space in the middle is where we should just give them the education that they need to help, one, build the confidence, and to two, to help just to guide them. We're not telling them that this is what you have to do. But if you give somebody a guide, it's a lot easier for them to figure stuff out instead of just having all these expectations um, and just not educating or empowering them. Yeah,
0: 100%. Oh, I could talk to you all day, but <laughs> coming up on time. So how do people get in touch with you, Garth?
1: Um, well, I am on LinkedIn at Garth okay. Forza, um, I do have other social media handles, so you can reach out to me there as well. Uh, you can email me at author, gav at gmail.com. Uh, it, you know, there's so many ways to, to connect. I'm always willing to connect with you, especially young leaders. I really want to reach out a lot more to them and see what we can do. I mentor two guys right now um, that are young leaders as well. And sometimes they feel overwhelmed, but it's good when you talk to them and they have that um, bright light moment yeah. and they come up with the solutions. And I don't have to. That's, that That's what makes it easier.
0: That's brilliant. Well, thank you for the work that you're doing and pouring into young leaders and supporting their journey and development. I can't wait for your book to come out.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me. I I was really honored to be on the show. I think uh, I've seen a couple past episodes and it was really good to see and very, very knowledgeable. So I appreciate you having me on and taking time to have me here.
0: Yeah. Thank you. So we're going to be wrapping up this weekly episode. If you find this in your feed, please go ahead, share it, tag somebody that could really benefit from this conversation. There were so many golden nuggets in this conversation. And also you can follow us now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, and listen and subscribe so that you can go back and you won't miss any of the other conversations. And um, now again, share this with as many people as you, you feel compelled to. That's what I will say because <laughs> we're about having a positive effect on people and the positive effect of leadership cannot be underestimated. So thank you. Um, and that's it for now. See you next week. See ya.
1: you.